Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and this is Management Decisions, a podcast designed to give you insight and strategy into the topics employers and management personnel tend to focus on. The performance evaluation is definitely one of those areas, and that's what we're going to touch on for this episode and trying to figure out what might work best for you. To discuss this, we have Justin Harris, a human resources generalist at Tennessee State University, and he brings tons of experience in the field to our show today. Justin, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Tim. Well, as I mentioned, of course, performance evaluation is a hot topic. In fact, the place where I currently am working, uh, we'll be going through some of those in the next week or so. But I guess off the front, how do you view the actual purpose of these evaluations? I feel a lot of people have different definitions, different things that that maybe they are for. How would you point out the purpose? Well, I think that performance evaluations, um, a lot of people think that, you know, it's a once a year type of deal. This is where I get to spend time with my manager so they can tell me what I did well, what I didn't do, and so I can get my 3% raise. But <laughs> the way I view them, actually, is it's, it really should be the end of a year-long conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, when it comes to performance, managers need to be actively involved every day with their employees in some kind of way so that when they get to the end of the year and they have these evaluations, nothing in it should be a surprise. Mm-hmm. It should be something that they've discussed you know, on a regular basis, if not every week or so, uh, at, the very, at the very least, you know, once a quarter. Right. Um, And so it should really just be a summation of what they've been working on and dealing with all year long. So is that what makes it, I mean, typically you hear a lot of people say how they all, they dread it, whether they're an employee or, you know, the manager themselves, they seem to not really enjoy this part of the job. Is (laughs) it because of that? They're not having those year long conversations. Is there something else? I think it is. For a manager, they dread it because they you know, they have to sit down and write all these comments out mm-hmm. and, you know, explain, you know, what they like or don't like about this employee, but make it sound really diplomatic. And <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times it's almost like they're making up stuff because, you know, some, you know, not all managers really deal day in and day out with their employees. Sure. I've been in places in the past where, you know, you would have a manager complete one evaluation and when they go to the next employee, they would copy and paste segments out of their, out of other, you know, employees evaluations to plug in there and just change names or words. They dread it because they haven't done that work all year long. And so now they're having to scrape and, and, you know, and come up with things to put in there. So it's very stressful for the manager and for the employee, they kind of get the sense they know that, (laughs) you know, all the comments aren't necessarily about them. And so they know that the manager is just sitting there thinking, okay, what have they done over the last year? Let me try to sum it up in two sentences. So they dread it because they're just sitting there like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's really subjective. It's not really reflective of what their, of their efforts, uh, of any type of goals that they've set, you know, any real conversations they've had mm-hmm. because they've been so far and few in between. Nobody likes this time of year. Well, I like that you mentioned the idea of subjectivity because I think that is something that a lot of employees feel like you're kind of stuck because if somebody views you this way or they they give you a, a negative evaluation, you don't really know what to do with that. So how as an employer or a manager, can you avoid having that sort of subjectivity that could be brought into question as you move forward? Well, I think it really starts with the format of the evaluation. And a lot of times managers really can't do anything about how the evaluation is structured. Mm -hmm. So one thing that any new manager needs to do or any manager that's working in an organization, they need to really take that evaluation and 
kind of study it, break it down so they can kind of plan, okay, this is what, these are the things I need to look for throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And then develop their, you know, just structure their meetings with employees and their coaching with employees around the things that are in that evaluation. So you know what to look for. So when you see someone doing something in their particular job function, you document it, you write it down. Okay. You know, you have those little conversations. Hey, I like the way you did that. I Mm -hmm. like the way you did, I like the way you did X, Y, Z and jot down specific examples of it and date it. Or if there was an opportunity that you saw they can improve, jot that down. Make sure you comment on it, have that conversation, jot it down. And then you can follow up on those things. Hey, back on April the 20th, you know, I noticed that you did this. We talked about this. This is how well you've progressed since that point. Okay. You know, in that way, it's not about being subjective. You're dealing with actual occurrences that that employee actually had and they may remember. And so now they're like, oh, yeah, you are paying attention. So now they're listening to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And, and even though some of the comments in the evaluation may be opinionated, they know it's based on, on an actual occurrence okay. <laughs> that, that they remember. And it all makes sense to them. So now you have their attention. So you can throw in those extra, that extra feedback and it's not just falling on deaf ears. Right. How about getting some feedback from maybe other managers or other coworkers that have worked with that individual? Do you see that as being beneficial? Is that sort of a slippery slope? What's your take? It really depends on the environment and also depends on the job function of that employee. There are some roles that, you know, teamwork is critical uh, in getting something done. So if you're doing a 360 type feedback, that's not for every organization uh, and it's not for every employee group. Mm -hmm. I know um, just an example, I used to work in a call center type environment where it was very numbers driven Sure. and teamwork was encouraged, you know, you know, if you needed help with something, asking a question, just making sure that you're using your tools, but your coworker besides you really had nothing to do with how you ultimately performed. So that wouldn't be a situation where you use that 360 type feedback. Right. When you have a team, a small knit team that's working toward the same goal and everybody has to contribute their equal parts. It may be necessary then to say, okay, you have this function, you have this function, and you know they all tie together. But then you ask that person, you know, how did how did Jim's performance affect your outcome, or you know things like that. So it's just really about determining if it's right for your environment because sure. it's not right for everybody's. Right. Kind of continuing with the theme of subjectivity and, and trying to ensure that there's a, as little of that as possible. How about the idea of putting values or like a point system or labels to something, you know, there has to be a way obviously to say you're improving or you're this or that. Mm -hmm. Do you have a a sort of go-to system? Do you think one is better than the other, say a number scale versus needs improvement? I mean, what what would you say are the pros (laughs) and cons of those kind of things? Because obviously, I mean, I understand it's going to be different for everybody, but I don't know from your experience, if you've seen something that works better or if there's more negatives to one or the other. I actually prefer number systems personally. Okay. But along with those numbers, a great explanation of what those numbers mean, Mm -hmm. because I think that sometimes I've seen evaluations where they have too few numbers. You're rated one, two, or three. Well, if you (laughs) really look at it, that's either you're bad, okay, or great. Right. You know, and there's no room in the middle there. There's there's nothing to really work on. And so I don't want to be average. (laughs) You know, I don't want to be, you know, and so you, you've, psychologically that kind of messes with employees mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, I don't want to be the worst, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, and, right. but I think that, you know, something around the line of um, having about five choices, okay. I say it's probably best where you have like one being just totally unacceptable. It's okay to have that just horrible rating. And then say like two, maybe needs improvement where, you know, it's not unacceptable, but you know, there are clear areas where you can get better. 
And then I like it because you have a middle range, that three, sure. where you are meeting my expectations. You're not bad. You're not the best. You're doing exactly what it is I expect you to do. No more, not necessarily any less. You're that employee that probably flies under the radar because you're doing exactly what you need to do not to get in trouble, but you're not wowing anybody either. <laughs> and it's okay to be a three. It is kind of average, but it doesn't sound average. You're meeting my expectations. Mm-hmm. But then you have a four, maybe there where you're exceeding expectations. This is what I've laid out for you. You're doing exactly that. And there's an occasion where you go above and beyond every once in a while. You know, you stay, you, you have moments where you stand out. And then you can have a five, a superior rating where you could probably be doing my job if I wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think it's good to have a nice, healthy range where right. you can clearly document and clearly explain why they're in each one but it's not like a pass or fail system. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where a lot of people get into trouble is they have too few options. So you're either good or you're horrible. Do you think then if you're across departments or even different type of position that you need to adjust that a little bit as far as what fits into those categories? Because I've seen where there's say a list of 15 descriptions of an employee and no matter what your job, no matter what your department, you're all being judged on those same exact skills or personalities, should that be split up in some way? Or is it okay to have sort of that general idea for the company? Well, I think it's okay, especially depending on the size of the company. Okay. Take our organization, for example, we have probably 1300 full-time employees that, you know, that we have to have a performance review for. So instead of having 12 different versions of a performance evaluation, you keep the criteria pretty much general. Like you have performance factors and you have behavioral factors. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking at like performance, it's does this person have the basic knowledge of their job? You don't go into specifically what their job is, okay. but you, know, you as the manager or the department head know, okay, for our area, does this person grasp the concepts that we need them to know to perform their job? Sure. You know, the quality of their work, are they meeting deadlines? Are they accurate? Are they neat? Are they thorough? You know, adherence to standards and safety rules. So you don't get into the specifics of, you know, what the HR department does versus the admissions department. You right, know, it's not, right. does this person from a scale of one to five, how many applications do they process? <laughs> it, you know, it's not like that. It's based on what they do. These are our standards and this is how they perform. And then even with those, you can, you did have the comments where you can note those specific type things if you need to, right. to say why they are or why they aren't a certain number. Well, I think you've definitely given our listeners a lot to think about when it comes to the performance evaluation. So I think those that are paying attention might be wondering, okay, I want to change my evaluation system or I want to really implement something new. Where would you suggest they start creating this or where would be a good jumping off point if they want to make some adjustments to what they're doing? I would say just take the existing one and just really, before you start looking for other examples of what to do, look at what you have and just really determine what is and what isn't working. Mm -hmm. Because you might not need to change the whole thing. There may just be certain parts that are really confusing. And this is where listening to your employees is really important because if managers hate this time of year, there's a reason. And sometimes their reason is because they hate the format. They hate how the questions are worded. They hate the, the, the grade scale. So take that feedback. You know, and if you really haven't been paying attention to the feedback, go ahead and do a survey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and find out what the pain points are and what works really well. And so that way you're not spinning your wheels trying to recreate the whole thing. So focus on those areas where you know you need the improvement or if there's something that you know you've been missing. You know, we've never really captured this information in reviews. Right. Just add that to what you have. And I, I, I hate reinventing the wheel. So I'm a firm believer that you find somebody who's doing it well. 
and, you know, not necessarily copy it <laughs> verbatim, but take that concept, make it your own. In higher ed, it's a little easier for me because with state institutions, a lot of their documentation is public. Okay. So I'm able to compare our evaluation with any other public university. Sure. So I can kind of lay it out and say, I like the way they have this worded. Let's try to incorporate that into ours. And then I see the way they have that worded, but I like ours works a little bit better. It's a little clearer. So we'll just keep what we have. And so you kind of just cut and paste and splice and mix and just find that right blend that works for your organization. Well, I think that makes total sense. Like you said, find a place that uh, is successful and, and you enjoy what they do, but you know, of course, craft it into your own a little bit. I think that's, uh, yeah. I think that's good sound advice for, for anybody who is looking uh, to maybe to make some adjustments. Now, you did touch on the idea of format. Maybe that's where some people have issues with what's going on. What do you see as some of the common mistakes that you think employers might make with their evaluations, whether it has to do with format or anything else? Some things that I've seen, and even recently, because I actually did, uh, I'm actually in the process now of kind of retooling our evaluation. Oh, okay. Um, so, I'm, so I'm actually using some of, the same thing, some of the same things I'm talking about. Right. I've seen some where they are entirely too short, where you kind of put the manager in a box, and they're not really able to really explain and just expound upon what the employee is doing or, doing, mm-hmm. or isn't doing, where, you know, it is it's all numbers. You know, and so it's just they feel like they're just a robot, you know, and so people don't like that. It's like I'm a person. I'm not right. a number. Right. So I think that comments and just really being able to explain what it is you're doing is really important and not just giving somebody a number. One thing that I've actually incorporated into ours and I'm still kind of waiting on it to get, to get improved, uh, approved rather, is if you scored low on something, you're required to have comments. But if you scored high, you're not. Hmm. I think that you should actually be required to have comments regardless of your score. Right. So if I did well, don't just, you know, because that's kind of a cop-out. I, I'm just <laughs> going to say you did well, so I don't have to yeah. go into detail about why. No, <laughs> if I did well, I want to know why. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be an option. And that's where we sometimes, you know, we just want to check that box and move on. Sure. You know, this is a time where if, if we haven't been communicating with our employee the way we should, this is the time where we lay it all out and we start fresh. We, we do it the right way. We're going to break it down why you're doing this, why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I'm coaching you on this particular matter, and how we're going to get better together, how we're going to tie what we do into the mission of our company. So I think that being able to just really comment and explain why people are getting what they're getting is the real key. And I think that once managers see the reaction of the employees, they'll start to enjoy doing reviews again. They'll look forward to it because even if the employee doesn't agree, they understand. Right. And that's the biggest thing because employees, they hear something and they get defensive. They're like, wait, why did I get that? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you giving me that? Well, if we can break it down and really tie it all together, you know, they may not like it, but they get it, you know, and I think that's what's important. Now, you know, Justin, the HR individuals and other managers listening are thinking, you're, you're talking about making more work for us. Do you think that's going to be a problem? <laughs> Well, no, because, you know, I'm, before, I, before I was deep in HR, I was actually a manager. I mentioned a call center environment earlier. I was a manager in a call center environment. On any given month, I would have 50 employees. Mm-hmm. And with those 50 employees, I was required to meet with all of them at least 30 minutes to an hour a week. Okay. Documented coaching sessions, you know, development sessions, some type of training, something. Right. There's time to do it. <laughs> My director would always say, how do you do all of that? never miss my assignments and the things that I throw out there at you and still have the time to talk to your employees. A lot of people put too much thought into it. They think that they have to have these sit down, 
long, drawn-out, formal conversations. Mm-hmm. It can be something as little as passing by your employees and just asking them how things are going right. and actually stopping to listen to what they say and taking that, the tone of what they're saying, you know, the topic of whatever it is they said, and, you know, okay, this is probably reflective of what's going on with their work. Using those things to share with the other coaches or to share with the peer trainers to kind of put together the plan for what you need to work on with this employee. So it's those little conversations that build up into those 30-minute sessions, (laughs) you know, so it's not just about trying to carve out an hour of your day every Mm -hmm. day for an employee. You know, it's stopping by, sitting at their desk and just talking to them. Asking, hey, what do you need from me? You know, how does that work for you? Let's try this. Five, 10 minutes, you know, are gone and you move on to the next employee. Right. Then when you get back to your desk, you know, jot stuff down, document it. I talked to this employee on this day. So it's not really hard. It sounds like a lot uh, for somebody who's, you know, I'm a, I'm a bubbly guy. I like walking around and talking to my employees. I hate sitting at a desk. Mm-hmm. So it comes a little easier for me. But for somebody who's not that vocal, just break it down into little chunks. Spend five minutes just talking to an employee. And then follow up the next day, five more minutes. And then soon it'll become a habit. It'll become routine and you'll start to get a lot more information and trust from that employee. Well, Justin, I definitely have enjoyed some of your takes on uh, the idea of the performance evaluation and and maybe some little tips and tricks for individuals out there who are uh, like you are making adjustments to these forms and evaluations or things they can do on the day to day. So unfortunately, we are getting low on time here, but I did want to give you sort of the last 30 seconds in that area. If you could hit on something quickly to give our listeners a takeaway from this conversation, what's what's something you really want to emphasize of importance here as we wrap up? Get to know your employees. Don't just wait until, you know, that one time a year to talk to them um, and to let them know what they need to work on or how well they're doing. It should be an everyday thing. Management is every day, every minute of the day. Leadership is every minute of the day. So get to know your employees. They'll tell you what you need to know about them. They'll tell you where they need help. And you take that, work together to further the mission of your organization. So that's about it. All right. With that, it is time to close out this edition of Management Decisions as we've been talking about performance evaluations and how yours might actually stack up with others. Our expert guest today has been Justin Harris, Human Resources Generalist at Tennessee State University. Justin, thanks again for giving our listeners some more to think about here today. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate you. And of course, we want to hear from you, the listeners as well. Just shoot an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.